and welcome to For the Love of Film, episode four of Hillary Term. This week we're going to be reviewing Gran Torino, which is Clint Eastwood's new film that he wrote, produced, starred in, and sang in. Sang in, yes. Well, anyway, and I'm going to be passing my cycloptic eye over some news items. Good, and Lawrence will also be attempting to review Che Part 1 and Che Part 2 in one minute. Hold on, hold on, we didn't agree this. I'm going to do Che Part 2, I'm not going to try and this do This is both. the challenge, I've just decided to set him now. Two films in one minute. You've been getting so good, Lawrence, at oh, fantastic. reviewing in one minute that I thought you might as well make it harder. It's a curse being so good, it's a real curse. <laughs> okay, so let's get on with the show. So Gran Torino, Lawrence, do you want to give us one of your very... Uh, Colourful, brief plot synopsis. Oh, fine. Well, I suppose so. Clint Eastwood is a sort of grunting, gurning old man whose wife has just died, and so he stumbles about his neighbourhood, which is full of immigrants who don't speak his language, absolutely abusing everybody he meets, and he slowly comes under siege. That was was impressive. Okay. I don't think we need to know much more. So um, let's dive in here. What did you think of this film, Lord? Um, Did you find it really funny? I found this film honestly one of the funniest films I've seen in the last few years. I think it was actually. Clint just sort of gets around going, oh, you know. Fuck you then, and he's like, and like he's even mean to his dog. He's like, "Well, oh, you go deaf or something." When his dog doesn't answer the doorbell, I, I mean, his dog answers. The it's doorbell. actually not a bad impression. I, I think look, I think Clint Eastwood is absolutely cut out for this role. I couldn't imagine anyone else playing this better mm. than him. I think he's wonderful. Mm. Tommy Lee Jones could do it quite well. But he did. Tommy Lee, yes, yeah. no, that's true. Maybe, but Clint Eastwood, supposedly his last acting role. If he does go out, then this is a, a very apt way to go out. I think. Mm. And if he's going to enter retirement, then I somewhat hope that he is going to enter retirement as. His character here does, because <laughs> that would be very nice. Yes. Oh, his his family tries to get the character to um to go into retirement, don't they? Oh, his family are obnoxious. His family, they're, his family are they're really terrible. Family don't care about him. Um, they are, and they're absolutely they're kind of they're deceitful in the way that they like they phone up and go, oh hey, oh no, I don't really want anything. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'm just wondering how you're doing. Oh yeah, did you uh, did you know that guy who was going to give me some money or something? And Clint's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they're just they're they're terribly deceitful, but. They're also terrible at deceit. Yeah, they're just they're it. just absolutely naked in their sort of like his daughter's like, hey, uh, grandpa, I was just wondering, maybe you could have your car. <laughs> then the film takes its name from his uh, prized 1972 Gran Torino um, yeah. car, which is very nice. Although forest green is that really? I don't know, man. I'm not going to knock his taste. He'd just grunt at me and maybe shoot me with a rifle. <laughs> in this film, you've got people playing characters at ends of spectrums if that makes sense you've got a very very conservative guy mm. you've got the teenager who just doesn't care about his dad her dad the family just don't care about yeah the family was family scared unbelievable the catholic priest he's irish with ginger hair is he irish freckles. he didn't sound irish to me he just he, sounded posh irish descent that's for sure everyone here is playing sort of stereotypes yeah and it seems but it seems like they seem to get like quite a lot of the it sounds like clint got quite a lot of sort of um not very experienced actors to do it because they all they none of them, no, certainly none of them are recognisable, and all of them seem kind of fairly normal. Although occasionally it does backfire a bit, and I think they sound a little stilted sometimes. The film is about how Clint Eastwood comes um, to get to know the family next door to him, which is a Korean family, um, and the Korean family. Uh, they're not I, Korean. They're they're um, they're hill people from uh, Laos and Vietnam. Ah, okay. Apologies. Apologies. I don't want to sound racist there, so I'll be careful what I say. Um, I don't think, like, after, if the people who are listening have seen Gran Torino are about to see it, you don't really need to worry about sounding no. racist because you could never sound as racist <laughs> as Clint Eastwood does. Uh, I've never seen racism come across so funny, actually, I must say. Mm. I, well, I think what was nice about it is that everybody everybody just took it in their stride, especially that um, uh, the girl that he meets was just sort of put up with it and uh, shot back at him. That was that was one of the, the most fun parts of the film, the sort of bitchy dialogue between everybody, the, like... 
when when Clint just walks into his barber and goes, "Hey, you son of a fuck," and yeah. his barber's like, rrr, rrr. "The thing is, Clint, Clint Eastwood goes around, goes around with this terrible language, spouting profanities, racist slurs at everyone he meets." But it's utterly compelling. It's, stuff. it's compelling and it's actually believable. Normally, I think if anyone else played this role, you'd think this is just lurid. It's he not does believable. come close no, to no not one would being do sympathetic, this. but he never quite slips over the edge. But I think because it's Clint Eastwood, he managed to pull this off as believable and plays it with just enough of a hint of subtlety, yes. almost. Or there's, you know, there's something more to him than just. Well, being actually, a, I think at the, at the start, at least, he's dim- deeply sympathetic because surely we're all aware that good is not nice, and he is not nice, but he's he's clearly a man worthy of, um, of some respect because he knows what he's about and he's got yeah. judgment, and he's just sort of he doesn't really put up with anybody trying to fuck around with him yeah. Uh, which instantly ends him your respect whether or not you actually yeah. agree with him walking around telling people to stop eating dogs the first 45 minutes of this film is some of the funniest stuff I've seen mm-hmm. in a fair few years I think perhaps the, the humour being fairly one track in that it's basically Clint Eastwood calling gooks gooks to their faces <laughs> calling people well fuckheads I mean, this could become like big, the big Lebowski for racist slayers. I think that's <laughs> what we could have on our hands here. And of I, course, part of what makes him more compelling is there's sort of there's sort of. I said he slowly comes under siege, but he also um, slowly gets closer to the family um, in the house next to him, and he sort of gets a bit more involved with the community. There's there's sort of these two conflicting plot strands, which I don't think entirely gel. The priest remarks mm-hmm. to him earlier on that uh, you know Clint is all like you don't know anything, you don't know anything about life or death. And uh, and the priest remarks him that he seems to know a lot more about death than he does about life. And in a similar way, the film is, um, I think it's stronger on death than it is on life. It's yeah. stronger in its sort of um, dark, forbidding, mean moments than it is in the sort of happy moments. Although they're, they're certainly no, the films, The film's very strong when it's showing Clint Eastwood's character as being very conservative, very racist, harbouring a lot of resentment over his life. I think after about 45 minutes, the film starts to move into Clint Eastwood overcoming his resentment, and it's about building his character from this sort of one-track racism. And I think it struggles to do that. I think that's where it falls off the rails slightly. No, he isn't one-track. I don't agree with that. I think even in the early parts, he just like he displays complexity and interest as a character. I just think that the two... I, don't, I just think that those two plot lines are too sort of distinctly separated without mingling properly. It starts off menacing, then for a long time it's kind of happy, and then it gets menacing again. And they're sort of too clearly separated out. The film doesn't quite hang together as a, as a narrative progression. That's what I mean to say. No, I think that's true. I think part of the problem may be, that, as you referred to earlier, the Korean family, a lot of them, particularly the boy, Tao, who's the central character in the story, really, mm. that Clint Eastwood comes to know and sort of takes this boy under his wing and intends to bring him Which bring is some of which is a bit cheesy, isn't and it? It's cheesy. Um, and we actually delve into a montage territory, which is never good. Any film that resorts to that knows, basically, it doesn't quite have the depth to portray character development, mm. through, not through sort of showing passing time in 45 seconds I think it's a it's a cop out and I think that shows where the film fails slightly is it can't show this character development quite well enough Yeah, it's a good effort it's one of those films where you can certainly I think there are plenty of elements you can sort of structurally criticise it but by the end of the day if you go yeah. to see this you're probably going to enjoy it greatly I think that you can fall in love with Clint Eastwood's character so much that you just really don't care how well the film is put <laughs> together I've never loved, loved a gun-toting racist quite as much mm. as Clint Eastwood and probably I never will again. I think he's, I really think he's superb in this film. And I think it's, it's been underrated. I, th- I haven't really heard much movie 
uh, sorry, much award buzz or anything like that for it. Mm. Like Vicky Cristina Barcelona's been winning all the comedy awards, but this film is far, far funnier than Vicky Cristina yeah, Barcelona. Yeah, it's difficult to I tell mean. whether it's intentional, isn't it? But I think it is because of those, it's sort of like really exaggerated sneers that Clint does. He's sort yeah. of standing on his veranda and there are people just playing in the next garden and he sort of goes, sneers. And they, yeah. Like, if you, you know in Jurassic Park where the raptors go, ah, like, <laughs> it looks exactly like that. He just goes, I mean, there's there's great there's great parts of this film where you just have shots portraying what's going on, and then Clint Eastwood's face, and that's that's <laughs> the comedy, and that's very very hard to come. Ac- I mean, that's very hard to put across. There's not many comedies that do it that subtly. Usually, it's just poor dialogue, but this does it well. Really I th- well. Yeah, I think this is a very strong entry to entry to what seems to be a recent tendency of films of kind of craggy faces. I don't know the, the sort of focusing on craggy faces for a long time genre. <laughs> and there's um, no there's which, no craggier face. Uh, well, yes, we, we've got this. We've got um, we've got the wrestler, and we've got um, yes. uh, the, in the Valley of Allah uh, with Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. They're all like that. Yeah. Um, did you think it was? Did you think there were similarities here to the wrestler? The I can see of, similarities in that you've got a man. The kind of focus on the limits of an old man's body yeah. and the kind of political, the mapping of politics onto a sort of small suburban modern. I think I think something that's very clear with both the films is. It's very small in range. A lot of films you'll mm. see they have locations all over the world. This is set in about three different locations, and it, many films will suffer from that. But because of Clint Eastwood's force of personality, it really does not. And it's the same with the wrestlers. You're saying that's set in just one town. You never leave that town, but you don't feel you need to because that's sort of the confines of this man's mm. problems, his personality, and that's where his life is. And the fact is, Clint Eastwood will not leave this community, which has been taken over by immigrants, just because that's where he's always been. He's a traditionalist. He's mm. not going to. And he's a a former career, he's a career veteran, um, probably a Vietnam veteran. He's not going to sort of leave his community for the people that he fought to defeat years ago. They That's didn't, the point. I, I keep trying to tell you, they're, they're people from Vietnam and Laos but, who fought on the side of the USA. But that's not how Clint Eastwood sees it, is it? Well, no, okay. No, that's what not. I mean. He, he, sees, he, he sees them as foreign, he sees them as the enemy, and that's the point. Yes, okay, no, he doesn't. Well, well I mean, quite a lot of the film is him is them actually telling him who they are and him kind of... He carries on with the ritual, but he obviously isn't actually... Like a lot of old racists I know, it seems that his racism is more ritual than anything and he's not actually... He doesn't actually want to kill any of them, and I think... Um, I think he's sort of so caught up in his own resentment. Um, I think that's the way he gets through life, is just probably by insulting people. Mm. I think that's just part of his personality and being able to insult immigrants is basically all he has to do to in his life. To be fair, like, all the white people in his life are really horrible. That's true. I mean, that's what I mean. But, like the priest is all right, but he's, he, uh, he, I mean, he's annoying. And his early and his opening yeah. speech is just really hilariously bad. <laughs> his opening, at the funeral that begins the film, the priest's speech is just terrible. Yeah, it's pretty cringeworthy. And there's a fantastic juxtaposition where he's sort of uh, the priest finishes his speech and goes, "In the name of the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit." And uh, Clint is just in the pews, going, "Jesus Christ!" <laughs> all in all, um, I think. I'd, I'd highly recommend this film. It's definitely worth seeing. Um, I think it covers some of the same territory of The Wrestler, but it's certainly not. It's not a Armageddon versus Deep Impact, Bugs Life yeah. versus Ants thing here. Uh, <laughs> as I was we trying to make to that earlier to Ben. Um, and um, we recommend you go see it. Highly recommend you go see it before you see Benjamin Button, Vicky Christina Barcelona, possibly even Slumdog Millionaire. That's what I would say. Slumdog Millionaire's been out for a while, though. It'll probably go off screen if, if you don't That's see true. it soon. Whereas this has only just come out, and it'll be, uh, and you've got plenty of time. You've got all the time in the world, unlike poor old Craggy Clint. Right, this is part of the show where Lawrence tells me interesting news items and Yes, not so much news, them. more interesting things I wanted to tell you about. For example, last week we were bitching quite a lot at the Oscars, which is not really surprising, but I think... 
Perhaps we are being a little uncharitable because if you... Well, no, actually, fuck them because you can't watch the fucking Oscar ceremony in UK without Sky. Fuck that. If they actually let it be shown on... Well, I don't know what what the deal is, but if someone actually got this stuff shown on terrestrial TV, I'm sure everybody would, would quite enjoy it. There's Basically, go on YouTube and look up the opening the, the opening musical number of the Oscars because Hugh Jackman does this fantastic yeah. song and dance to introduce the whole ceremony. It's really wonderful and it's really funny and, and takes the whole thing... Uh, not very seriously. I know the Oscars have been going downhill in the last few years in terms of ratings figures and the Academy mm. were quite keen to jazz it up a bit and Hugh Jackman singing a comedy song was one means of do doing Do they not normally do this? Um, I, I heard the ceremony this year was one of the better ones, one of the better watched ones, so I think they've done a good job. Mm. Wish we could have watched it, you're right. Yeah. Um, I haven't really got a, got a smooth link to the next story, I'm afraid, but I just wanted to, to alert everybody to the new Pixar movie that will be coming out at some point in the future, which is called Up. It's uh, about an old character whose wife has died, who's kind of confined to his little suburban home and menaced by local kids. Do you see what I mean? Um, but uh, what happens is instead of kind of threatening people with guns, he attaches lots and lots of balloons to his house and then he flies it away. Which is what his wife wanted him to do before this she died. Brilliant. This yeah. sounds brilliant. Uh, but then a boy scout who's collecting um, kind of gets trapped on his doorway while he flies away. So then he's got a kid trapped in his house. Fantastic! There's, I can't wait. In the trailer, he just he just opens the door and well, he he's like, ah, I'm finally flying in my flying balloon house. Uh, I'm not going to be bothered by any damn kids anymore. And then the kid just knocks on the door. And he's like, <laughs> opens the door. And he's just like, can I come in? And he's like, no. I think it's going to be great to see Pixar do people because you don't often see Pixar well they did do the Incredibles people. but yeah Apart from the Incredibles. Pixar have been getting getting gradually better and gradually more confident to including people in their movies to the point mm-hmm. where the Incredible is, is about human I remember with Toy Story they were very concerned with doing that yes exactly you never you never saw people's like faces and you Hardly just saw legs all. and bits Hardly of, at all in yeah. Toy Story 2 they ventured there a little bit but not much whereas in uh, whereas in and then you get to Monsters Inc and you have you yeah. have a child and sort of not many people but and even in the Incredibles it's not exactly realistic people well yes in the Incredibles they've got the whole comic book aesthetic yeah. that they can play with so. and they can make Really cartoony people, but I mean, this is, is this is still very cartoony. But the, they're now like the 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 design of the characters is very good, and the and the the old man's face is excellently craggy, which is what we want from old men <laughs> that are confined to their house. I just wish they make it look like like Clint Eastwood. Then Pixar doing Clint Eastwood. Would be He's also Polish, like Clint, in descent, like Pol- uh, Clint, like Clint Eastwood is in the film. This is the part of the show where Lawrence attempts to review a film in one minute. But however, this week, Lawrence decided to see Che Part 1 and Che Part 2, forgetting that I wouldn't allow him to change the format. Mm. So therefore, Lawrence is going to review Che Part 1, Che Part 2, two of the longest films of the year in one minute. Lawrence, 60 seconds. Go. Firstly, they're not long individually. They form one to our film. As films individually, they're kind of an average length. Anyway, they're about Che Guevara. You know, I'm sure you've heard of him. And um, what's what's fantastic about them is they're very well shot and they're very... Um, they're very procedural. They're, they're clearly not interested and kind of make it very obvious that they're not interested in what the personal life of Chi was about, what Chi was thinking, or even the content of Chi's beliefs. What they're about is the procedural, the, uh, the kind of the, the, the movements and the ritual and the drilling, what's involved in guerrilla warfare. They're about political commitment. It's one thing to say, oh, I'm going to start a revolution. It's quite another to get off your ass and march for a jungle. Half a minute left. What do you think? Without contact of it? with any of your friends. Well, it's fantastic. It's really good. The first part is sort of more sunny and expansive, and there's a, and there's a wide cast of characters who kind of. Um, they, you get Fidel Castro in there, and you get some of Che's other fellow lieutenants, and they all kind of interact fun as they uh, as they do their evolution. The second part conforms more to a tragic mode, as everything sort of spirals down into dusk. A lot of the sporting characters are gone. Che's got a great big beard, and he's alone in five. Basically, they're four, both about to they're the same revolutionary three, theory, but completely different. Anyway, they're great. One. They're really good. Go and see them. Wow, Lawrence, you, you should do like those uh, radio adverts where the people at the end say terms and conditions are this. I mean, that was quite impressive. Wow. Mm. And it's still coherent at the same time. I think you're better reviewing this sort of in one minute than you are when you're reviewing in 16 minutes. Well done.
16 minutes. That was our last take. So thank you all for listening once again. And next week we're going to be reviewing Watchmen. Yep, the mother of all comic book movies, really. And The Young Victoria. Um, the sex stuff. Period, period drama. drama simple yes. as that. Period drama. I've got to say, it stop is saying as simple as that. Why do I keep saying that? I don't know. Maybe you should have a lobotomy or something, or some sort of pipe cleaner scrubbing down your down your throat. Like you just want, kill, you want to kill you. me so you can take over this show, Lawrence, don't you? That would be ridiculous. I'd have to do all the work. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be reviewing the class in one minute. Yes, you are. Class is a foreign film. I don't know what it's about, except it's probably about a class. Um, well, it might not be about a class at all. It maybe. might be about class, the institution. Very much true. So I'm going to try and review that in one minute and see if I can do a better job than I'm you. I'm going to very much enjoy so. counting down your seconds. <laughs> I'm going to very much enjoy it. So thank you all for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Goodbye. <laughs>